In our world, numero uno story of the weekend here on the Home of Sooner Fans is Oklahoma in the College World Series falling in the championship series, right? I mean, that's that's the biggest story for us. I'd like to live in the world where, <laughs> yes, it is the biggest story. We uh, we can probably spend today breaking down, you know, you know hey, what went wrong in these sure. Saturday, Sunday games right. for OU. I almost feel like, I get it. Okay, that's what we do here. We we talk about the games. We break down the games. We need to celebrate this run too. Oh I feel my like gosh, I've been. Yes. I feel like, and I'll own up to it. I've been very guilty of what went wrong in the championship final. Well, what went right for Oklahoma to get to this point? I, I you know, I we need to talk about both. I think we get caught up in the what does this do for the program conversation, not what a moment for these men. I think we get caught up in the you need to go to games more and not enough in the wow. Because there's really, to be perfectly honest, what more can you say on a talk show where you don't come across as just almost emotional, right? <laughs> With everything that went their way and, and for the fans, right? It's just, It's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to be fighting with people over more fans need to go to games. I don't want to be mad because Ole Miss had Swayze Stadium North. I want to be pumped up by those that did go and made a difference. I Toby said it in the pregame show yesterday, and I'm sure he hit on it today. There is There was a massive contingent of OU fans that were there. Massive. But it was just overshadowed by Ole Miss fans that basically, I don't know, somehow found did they have a jet stream that got them all to to Omaha because it literally turned in the span of like 24 hours because it was pretty Arkansas heavy on, let's see, what day? So I'm trying to work backwards here. So Friday was off, Thursday was off for OU. So what, Wednesday, Thursday, there's a lot of Arkansas fans there. But I don't want to get caught up in that. I want to celebrate this team. And they arrive from what I heard, what, around 3 o'clock, 3.30 this afternoon. They'll fly to OKC and then bus back to Mitchell Park. Hopefully, hopefully all is right with the world. You know what? And as we sit up here and we debate why were there not fans, this and that, and just... what's going to be the future – of this reaction to Oklahoma baseball. Okay, here's your first chance. Here's your first chance to show that this OU baseball team, this run, has made things different. Get right. back get back to be there to welcome them. Yeah, it'll be fun. So that that's our top story. But if we were, I don't know, say in any other city today, What's happening with the Deshaun Watson case and the potential future of Baker Mayfield is very, very interesting. In fact, as we sit here this morning, there is breaking news. What's happened? The first lawsuit has been filed against the Texans, stemming from the Deshaun Watson case. Um, According to attorney Tony Busby, the overwhelming evidence collected indicating the Houston Texans enabled Watson's behavior is incredibly damning. This report just dropped a few minutes ago. The new case cites the NDA, non-disclosure agreement, and the Houstonian membership provided by the team 
as having enabled Watson's action. The NDA was allegedly provided after a woman threatened to out Watson on social media. Oh, man. Well, this is the biggest news that has happened yet. If the if there's legs to this where the Houston Texans organizationally were involved in a cover-up, and then it's the biggest news so far. It, it, it is, and I'm just I, I bring it up quickly. I know that in in our world it kind of be okay. Well, what does this mean for Baker? But I think it's an overall view here on the Plank Show. It's it's really really interesting to try to figure out exactly how the arbitrator in this Judge Sue Robinson is going to view something like this. And does it factor into his Tuesday hearing? I Now, before this came out, just just quick sidebar on this Deshaun Watson story. And again, if you haven't been following it because you've been knee-deep in Sooner stuff, that's great. But, <laughs> but I'll say this. The interesting thing to me is there's I, – I went, I went to bed last night. I was laughing at an Air Comfort Solutions text. I went to bed last night thinking that I would wake up to like a settlement or something later this afternoon to where the NFL, NFLPA, and Deshaun Watson have agreed to a one-year suspension. He will not play in 2022. He'll be eligible for reinstatement in 23 because, again – you're now going into the hands of an arbitrator that's never ruled on a situation like this in the NFL. Her her background is in trademarks. She's never done anything like this with the National Football League or or any sport in general. So she doesn't have, like, the preponderance of evidence. She just has to decide whether or not the NFL's conduct policy was broken. And if she decides that, she can say, yeah, listen, there's 24 accusers. And there's enough evidence to say that in each of these 24 cases, there has been a a breaking of the rules. She might look at it, and I'm just vamping here a bit, as 24 different instances with which the rules were broken. Or maybe she finds four, the five, four stories believable. That's four instances. I think we've been looking at this wrong the whole time. And that report was like he got a 60-game suspension. I mean, she could come out of this and say, yeah, there's there's six cases here that are very, very clear that not, not only were rules broken, but this man should be in jail. And if that's the case, you're really playing, as our man once said on the Howard Stern Show, rush and roulette with the idea of your baseball – excuse me, football future. It might be better off just to take a one-year suspension and say, okay, all right, I'm going to take this year. Kind of like with the settling of these cases on Friday. right? I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight this. Well, if you fight it, it continues to play out. You know, a lot of evidence, it becomes more public. Mm-hmm. I'm going to settle this. I'm going to settle this right now. And maybe, I don't know now with this Texans news, does this factor in at all? Because the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson's people are going to argue that, hey, I understand they're not under the CBA, but you're allowing your owners to get away with this, and now you're trying to hammer a player. And that's kind of going to be one of their arguments. Now when you have a team that's involved, listen, that's a lot, a lot of little bullet points in there, but it is a fascinating angle now heading towards Tuesday's disciplinary hearing. And I keep saying arbitrator, and it's a disciplinary officer, but it serves in a lot of ways as an arbitrator in this. 
So the lawsuit against the Houston Texans organization, I don't think that should in any way, shape, or form impact Deshaun Watson's punishment. Having said that, because now potentially there's a stain on the logo that is sure the National Football League, and ultimately, while it's the organization's actions, mm-hmm. if the, the NDA – if all of that, you know, continues to have blowback and repercussions for the National Football League, while ultimately that's the organization's own actions as well, there could be a portion of that NFL front office that looks at this and says, boy, Deshaun Watson really put the National Football League in a bad, bad spot here. And given our track record with sexual assault, history and domestic violence history the track record's not good from the national football league you might have deshaun watson and the houston texans organizations made an example of you just might get to that point and i'm with you for deshaun watson man if there's a chance to basically say i'm taking a one-year suspension probably you ought (laughs) to take the one-year suspension (laughs) and, and wash your hands of this It might end up being the best play in this. All right, so there's a a quick update in the middle of all of our Sooner conversation. Breaking breaking news on that front. Um, It appears as if the Texans are indeed in the middle of this whole saga involving Deshaun Watson, maybe more so than we ever thought. And they might get crushed by the league. I mean, we're talking serious, serious penalties in terms of draft picks if that doesn't Go away. Oh, could you imagine they just got all those picks from the Browns, too? If it's like, all right, so you helped. You're losing a first-round pick in each of the next three years. Oh, my God. I'm just – I don't know if that would be a penalty or not, but that's the big news. All right, to bring us back full circle, it's a plank show right here on The Ref. Hour 2 is brought to you by Allison Insurance, 405-745-2968. Skip Johnson was on with Toby Rowland earlier. We're going to have that up on the podcast page here shortly. But wanted to share his opening statement from yesterday post the Sooners' season coming to an end. Wow. it's uh, uh, We fought our butts off all day long, and uh, um, Cade was outstanding. Take the momentum of the game uh, in that one inning, kind of got taken away from us. Uh, and uh, um, just want to thank the uh, the coaches and the players more more so than anything, and congratulate uh, Ole Miss and they did a great job, outstanding team. Um, and I think that uh, uh, us losing the momentum in the game really cost it. And I wouldn't want anybody out behind the plate other than uh, uh, Jimmy Crooks or Trevin to close the game. I mean, Cade was at the end of his rope and he wanted to go keep going and I've got to look out for him and his future so it's uh, uh I'm really proud of what he did and all the players all year long uh uh overcome a lot of adversity and and uh, uh sticking to a common go which was 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 to win the national championship that'll always be our go how can you not love that man I said it a lot of times during the postseason but you kind of felt like he became the breakout star and that people started to realize just how special this Oklahoma team truly was. Now, um, let's go back and forth on the sixth inning play here. Here's what Mike Bianco, the head coach at Ole Miss, had to say about the bunt. 
Yeah, thank God for the Jumbotron, huh? Jeez. Um, yeah, I was frustrated because I, I went out, you know, the pitch before and knew that they would safety squeeze or thought they would safety squeeze. So we went and just made sure everybody knew what they were supposed to do. Terrific bunt, um, you know, by their leadoff guy. Um, and Hunter being left-handed, you know, made the play much more difficult for him. Uh, he throws the ball, and of course, you know, another bunt play in this World Series. It looks like we're going to screw up, and it goes, ball goes in, and we give up the run. And as I just by chance, because I don't look at the jumbotron a lot, I just like looked up, not because of that. And I went, my gosh, he's like he's out of the running lane. And so that's why I ran on the field. And it's so loud. Usually you can yell to the umpire, but you can't hear anything out there. And so you know, I, I ran out there because I don't want a pitch to be thrown, or you're you're done. And um, you know, so. Yeah, give that to the scoreboard. Credits goes to the scoreboard guy. That kind of twists it in a little bit more. And then here was here was Skip Jobs. I think we get Eddie's question in here, too. Eddie Radosovich, SoonerScoop.com. Yeah, uh, just what was the interpretation of the rule in the sixth inning on the interference? Was that just a straight interference, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I uh, run in the runner's lane. Uh, that's maybe what the call was. Uh, and... Uh, uh, and they have to go back to the other bases because it kills it right there. I think the biggest thing that I want to ex explain to that deal is the umpires are going to if, – if we, if we take out the human element of the umpires, it's this game's not ever going to be any good. If we continue to do those things and put a computer or whatever they want to do, it's going to continue to be good. The rule says that you have to do it within 30 seconds and not be able to look at the video board. That's what the rule says. And uh, uh, maybe there's some discrepancy of it. But that's what I also love about the game is the human element. I have tons of respect for the umpires. I mean, going back to the regional tournament, never understood why the, they couldn't be out there with a the national anthem when everybody else is because it's very important to our country. And uh, I, I explained that to them too. So that's the interpretation of the rule. They have a runner's lane there. And uh, um, if we mess with the fabric of the game by getting computer umpires, I, I think I'll just go fishing. And he'd be good at it too. So there is the sixth inning drama explained. Does it make any more or less sense to you now, Josh, looking back? Still a monumental moment in that game. Monumental. Well, I mean, I think I understood the the ruling and what happened and why oh, the verdict too. was the the verdict it ultimately was getting overturned, but no, I feel worse after having heard that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Hearing Coach Bianco basically sit up there and talk about, yep, we got lucky. It just drives me crazy. And I understand why the call was overturned. I get it. By the letter of the law of how the rule is stated, <sighs> yeah. I can understand that, yeah, he's a little bit inside the baseline there. He's not in that chalked off area to the right of the base path. It's so dumb, though. It, it was not – I kind of correlate it to this. Go ahead. You know, there's always that debate that you have, say, at the end of a, a basketball game. Should you officiate it differently, right? And some people will not agree with this at all. To me, it better be a pretty egregious foul for that whistle to get blown at the end of the basketball game. I'm cool with a little bit of bumping and shoving as we go up toward the cup, right? Now you start going across somebody's arms to where, okay, you got to blow the whistle. It's a clear foul. But a little bump in there, I don't have much of a problem with. To me, in this moment, it's the national championship on the line. It was not egregiously 
inside of the base path. And really, it wasn't all that great of a throw to first base. Okay, let's call it what it was. And you're rewarding Ole Miss for not a great throw to first base, and you're punishing an OU team that executed the uh, sack bunt beautifully. Beautifully they executed it. So, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's a little bit against the spirit of the game in that moment. I I understand. Well, first of all, I know that some people are anti it. I've never really understood why, but safety bags need to be a part of baseball and softball. I, and I've never – I always kind of laughed at them because they look goofy. It's like, look at that. But, I, I mean, I honestly – we've seen some pretty tough collisions in – both college baseball, college softball, and even in the pros. And I know it's more of a little league thing, but I think it's time to where you you sometimes look and you realize, huh, that's actually a pretty good idea. And I think and I hope they're coming to both softball and baseball. Number two, there has to be some common sense. There has to be. Even a perfect throw would not have got Treadway where that throw was going. If I mean, he beat it by a step and a half. That that's the one thing to me where they had that great angle from behind and down, I guess it would be what, the right field line. But it was the run had already essentially scored and he was safe at first base. Common sense, man. Common sense. I, you, you know what? I got to be honest with you. I'm, I, like I said, I'm trying. I'm trying not to get too shook by Air Comfort Solutions texts and roll in. The throw was poor. In football, a PI flag would have been picked up because the throw was uncatchable. That's right. And, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is you know the worst part about it is they overturned it, so it's not as though. OU was challenging here that it wasn't interference, right? right? They didn't ask him to go look look back at the play to be like, no, that run should count. No, it was it was going to be second and third, one gone. Oklahoma has tied the baseball game, and they got a chance. I mean, probably worst case scenario, OU leaves the inning up two to one, right? Worst case scenario. And it could have been better than that for OU. Maybe it stays tied 1-1, but there's a really good chance that OU gets bad on ball and lifts one out to left field, right field, and brings that runner home. And that's you know kind of like worst case for OU is you get the sack fly and you're leading by one. Instead, well, it just totally has changed. It, it, here's the thing, too, though. Um, did Peyton Graham not fly out to right field for the third out of that inning? So, I mean, technically, if, if that second and third with one out, there is that run. Right. And again, playing it out. I don't understand this this mindset. Yeah, it was scoreless during the review, so it was one zip. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. They, would have been, they would have been up one to nothing. Right, two right. To nothing. They could have made it two zip. That's right, because they came back and hit a solo I don't under shot. I don't understand this. Um, if you want the runner to run foul territory, put the baseball uh, – put, put the base in foul territory. No safety bag. It's part of the game. I mean, why? Why not? I, I don't understand that. No, it's it's something that helps out everyone, at least in my opinion. Coaches want it. Good coaches, great coaches want it. I, I have yet to see 
the interview outside of a curmudgeon handful of old baseball peeps that are like, wow, we don't need no safety bag. They do that in Little League. Part of the game. I So that, in your opinion, is part of the game? Going to a review to look at like a mill inch of where a guy's leg was? No, no, no. That's safety bag fixes that right away. Right away. Um, yeah, and just because it looks a little dorky is not an excuse to not have it. Yeah, exactly. Um, quick break. It's 1024. The Plank Show is on the ref. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Got a lot of stuff on Arch Manning. I, I was hoping to get into it here, but, I mean, let's let's continue on with the baseball talk. That sixth inning was something else and killed some momentum. Now, In I'm, both you, games, the sixth inning was gigantic for OU. I'm usually the kind of fan that says, hey, Okay, so something bad happened in the sixth. You still have the seventh, eighth, and ninth to bounce back. And they did. They they took the lead after that. But it just it really seemed as if everything became even more of a struggle after it. It's a plank show right here on the uh, on the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right. Um David Quirk's gonna come on with this next segment. Uh, there's a big event coming up and as a community partner, we're here to do our part with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. It's the Plank Show on the Ref. 405-329-9000. Gosh, I didn't realize that there were so many people that were like anti-safety bag. It's why. I mean, and, and this is actually. Because you know, it looks dorky. I mean, it, it does literally, that's the only reason I think people don't like it. Uh, I do agree with this, though, from Mr. Anti-Safety Bag. Um, that's your new name. I, I've given you from the 580 Anti-Safety Bag guy. You make a good point. I'm not being a smart aleck. Running down the inside of the line, making the throw difficult as part of the game, just like a runner shielding a ball to hit his side. Is the runner supposed to just stop and let everyone make plays? Totally agree. I, I agree with you on that. That's why, again, what we were talking about earlier, unless it's egregious – I just don't know how in that moment mm-hmm. you can call interference there. I, When I first saw the replay, Plank, my heart sunk because I, I was like – I knew what was going to happen. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, they're going to call interference and they're going to yank this run off the board. It's going to be a massive momentum swing. And give OU a ton of credit. What Skip Johnson said is right. I mean, for them to emotionally respond to that and to take the lead, Plank, after giving up a solo yak, I mean, I – Showed such courage and heart, but still, the the momentum swing that was from that and how differently this game might have played out, it just sucks. It's a really good point. It's a really good point. And by the way, I'm in a good mood today, so this really cracked me up. Jet stream, I'm sorry, jet stream, golf stream, and they only carry 14 people. Snobby airplane guy. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to come up with an analogy to figure out how so many Ole Miss fans could get there so quickly. I was talking to the boss lady, Casey, came in, and she said where they stayed, there was only a couple of OU fans, but there was a ton of Ole Miss fans. And she said they were awesome. So, I mean, you could tell it was pretty awesome. Uh, Bill, welcome to the show. I'm sorry yeah, for like making I'm sorry for making you wait, Bill. Welcome to the show. What's up, buddy? Not much. You might disagree with me, but I think uh, Billy got kind of a bad rap because he was pitching good, and then the defense let him down in the first and second innings. Yeah, I can, that's, a, that's a point Josh Helmer made uh, early on in this show, and he's right. It's It doesn't look good numbers-wise afterwards, but 
I thought Jake Bennett was really, really good in that game on yeah. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anybody says he didn't play well, that's a bad rap on the kid. Yeah. Well, and even if even if you go by his final numbers, I mean, he gives up four runs and only three earned. So, you know, even from that perspective, it it was good. I mean, it was it was. Was it the perfect start? No, it wasn't. But, I mean, that's pretty doggone good for a championship finals. It's not like he went up out there and gave up seven runs or something. Right. On Sunday, they were talking when Horton was pitching against Notre Dame that he's draft eligible. Am I missing something? He's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, he is draft eligible. So, And I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't aware of this until he pitched. Uh, against Notre Dame, actually the game before, and I I listened to Toby a lot this season, and I can't believe I let that thing slip through the cracks. But and I I saw a lot of fans did too. But with the new rules and where his birthday falls and the later date for the draft, he finds himself in a in a window to where he's eligible because of his Only age. Only after two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. He'll go. I can't believe he won't go. Yeah, no. It's like the guys on, you know, the television broadcast were saying. I mean, the one guy. I'm. I'm sorry. Kyle Peterson. Yeah, I think that's right. Basically said, I I don't see any way he's not a first round pick after these couple of games in the World Series. Bill, thanks for the phone call, man. I appreciate it. All right. I, I I don't know. And and I know we got a break. Sorry to upset your Monday, Bill. He's very upset as he. Well, I I saw. One of my favorite follows on Twitter, Steve Bullard, had had talked about it, and I, I didn't want to be that dude that's like, bro, he's not going to be our Friday starter next year. But, I mean, I saw dudes with blue checks that were like, enjoy your Fridays in Norman in 23. This kid's going to be a blast. And I felt like that that great Magic Johnson uh, video was, I'm not going to be there. I ain't going to be there. But the, the interesting thing about it is if – if you would have had this conversation about Cade Horton four weeks ago, there's no way that he was going to get drafted. And, there, and he was coming back to try to be the Friday starter in 23. Well, no way he's getting drafted in the first round. Oh, I, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good point. And he would have a decision. You you fast forward four weeks. He develops the slider. Uh, I, I think we talked about this on Monday's show last week, but the numbers – the numbers that in oh gosh what it baseball use Repsodo, the numbers that they were putting out Josh on spin rate and velo and things of that nature by the way hold on sidebar that's become my least favorite thing too is where suddenly people try to use abbreviations to make them sound smarter so I I apologize velocity <laughs> oh, that's an IRBR play what a what play. You know, inside run, base run. Just, well, just call it what it is. Quit trying to sound smart, you dopes. Um, but, no, in all reality, all those numbers that they had, all the numbers that they had on Cade Horton were better than any other college pitcher projected to go in the first round. And it went as far, according to two scouts, and I know there's 8,000 scouts, but two scouts that we had talked to for ESPN Use College Sports tonight better than any pitcher in the draft. And I just uh, did a little bit of research here. He had this is quick math. 
I don't know, 25 strikeouts <laughs> in his starts at the College World Series. Are you kidding me? Good, good math. All right. Hey, quick break. When we come back, we'll pause from the baseball talk for just a bit and talk about an incredible event that's coming up. David Quirk is next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I, I was debriefing David, Josh, on A, your off-the-air conversations, and B, the craziness of the Air Comfort Solutions text line today. You want to take over the text line and just for, work yeah. through it for us? Let me jump on that. will help out today for the, on the text line. No, it's, and, and I'm not – I don't think it's – you know, sometimes as we welcome you back into the Plank Show, David Cork is our guest, and uh, we've got a, a big event coming up with a uh, de- Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption crew. Uh, David's been a regular with us over the last couple of years in anticipation of this event, but you're also a diehard Sooner fan and a sports fan. Um, It hasn't been bad. Like, no one's fighting. There's This wasn't like the Monday or, or, yeah, the Monday after OU won their first two games. It's not getting ugly, but it's just I, I, I think that there has been really truly like a foot that's been put down from people that are like we don't need a safety bag to people that do there's been a foot put down (laughs) by people that are like replay is ridiculous and we shouldn't be reviewing this there's been a foot put down where it's kate horton should have stayed in that game it's 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 sports talk it's all it's all lines in the sand for everybody right and you know i I can confess now i have occasionally been known to uh use the text line here do we need to give you a name I probably need a handle. That's, that's my next goal. I need that's, a handle. That's my that's whole it. goal. If there is ever anything for this show, and, and I appreciate guys like Jay from Medill. Um, there, there's a lot of regulars at Tech. True Sooner. Everyone needs to have a name like True yeah. Sooner, right? Yeah. That's the goal for this program. And we're not – look, we're not above having to assign every name. I think you kind of have the status walking you know in what? where I you think, could sort of pick When yours. you come up with it, you let us know, and we'll be ready to go. We'll get a copyright on that copyright pin there. Does right? it get a yeah. TM next to it? And then we'll end up yeah. making a lot of money out of it. And all that money can go to helping out uh, what, to me, has been something that – I think we've talked about this. My wife and I have, have discussed quite a bit. And I – it, and there were several members of the the previous football staff, Benny Wiley, that were big into adoption and yeah. talking about you know the the different ways in which you can help. And the the DPA gala is a great way to help support, even maybe if you haven't made that decision yet. Because as we've talked about, David, historically, every life is precious, and you guys are here to try to make it as as smooth and as fruitful as possible, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think that really makes us uh, unique and special is we look at every member of the adoption. We, we call it the adoption triad, the birth mother, uh, the adoptive parents, and the child. It's a lifelong uh, process for all parties involved. So if someone comes and works with Deaconess, we're going to be there for you throughout throughout your life, not just not just the adoption process, but you know whether people need some counseling later on in life or maybe Adoptive parents need some help in talking to their kids about adoption, or maybe the, you know, the, you know, the, uh, uh, the the birth moms just need some help processing the decision they made and things like that. And so we're there. We view it as a lifelong journey for everybody involved. And so, you know, the, the gala here is raising money to support support what we do. You know, and uh, we, um, you know, it's important. I think you know we look at. Uh, uh, you know the women who come to us who are who are pregnant and scared. We're just going to be there, kind of walk them through. Here, 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 here are your options. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, you know if you choose to, if you choose to place for adoption, uh, you know you have a lot of control in what happens at that standpoint. You know, you get to choose the the, the parents you placed your child with. You get to choose the. Um, uh, the uh, the amount of involvement you have in their in their life. I was just this weekend. We were shooting a video for the gala coming up at one of our adoptive family's house, and the birth mom was there with us. And it's cool. They're involved in their lives. Like even the birth mom's parents go to his football games and stuff like that. Oh, so it's just so really cool. so really cool that the uh, you know the level of involvement people can have. So for us, it's a lot of education and uh, just awareness and raising you know raising awareness for for adoption. DPA 
dpaok.org. Yes. That's dpaok. Remember .org on the end of it, and there's a lot of great links here. For instance, you're pregnant, or you're hoping to adopt, or you're, you're needing counseling. You just laid it all out, but all of it is a click away. And there's ways that we can help, and you guys put on this event that's from everything I've heard, has been an absolute blast for the love of adoption. And it's at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum on August 25th. And you brought in a rock star from HGTV. Yeah, we're, we're super excited about this. You know, last year we had Tony Dungy, uh, really NFL cool. Hall of Famer. But this year we, uh, we, we brought in a couple from HGTV, uh, Dave and Jenny Mars. Uh, they are kind of the next uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines is what they all tell us. Um, they have a show called Fixer to Fabulous where Dave kind of does the renovations of the house. He'll, he'll demolish things. I've seen him knock down columns and entire <laughs> rooms, and Jenny comes in and makes them look nice. And so, But they're, they live in northwest Arkansas. They live just up in the Bentonville area, and uh, so they do all the homes in, in, their, in the Bentonville area, have a little business there. Uh, adoption's a part of their family story. Uh, one of their five kids is adopted, and uh, so we're looking forward to bringing them here to talk about you know, their career, obviously, but also their, you know, their faith in their family and what, what the role adoption plays, plays in that for them. You have... Cool silent auction items that are going to be available. And then tell me about the golden ticket. Yeah, that's a new one, man. And we're really, really excited about this. It's a new deal. Uh, we are selling 100 tickets in this golden ticket promotion. 100 tickets only for $100. So uh, that's that's it. And so if you buy a ticket for the, the golden ticket campaign, you're going to have at maximum a 1 of 100 chance uh, to win this cool prize. And what the cool prize is, is we're offering one of four trips uh, uh that you can choose from to win. One is six days in Tuscany, Italy, in a private apartment, where one night you'll get a, a dinner by a private chef there. Uh, one is five nights, all-inclusive for two, in Costa Rica. Uh, the third one is a four-day trip to uh, Napa. And then the fourth one is a three-day golf package at the Gaylord Texan. Uh, so kind of the odd one out as far as far far away travel, but still really, but really cool. But that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> really, really cool. I will say the trips do not include travel, but we're providing a $1,000 Visa gift card to help oh, with the travel wow. as well. So, uh, But, yeah, so if you if you buy a ticket for that, you will have a 1 in 100 chance uh, to win your choice of one of those four trips, and you will get to pick the four. You've got – pick the one you do, and you've got two years to uh, to use that. So you've got you've got quite a bit of time to, to plan your trip and everything. DPAOK.org. Or, or I haven't given the number yet, 405-949-4200. What, take me to the genesis. What kind of launched this decision where you guys say, hey, let's put on a gala, let's do this event, and it seems as if people have been open and, and wanting to come be a part of it as well. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, first of all, we've been doing the event for a long time. We changed the name this year. It's now, it used to be called Angels of Destiny, and now it's For the Love of Adoption, uh, which we think maybe better said who we are and what we do at the gala. But we've been doing it for about 10, 15 years now. And it's just, you know, we wanted a chance to get together and celebrate adoption. I mean, you know, and, and bring in people uh, who have some name recognition who are adoption proponents, you know. And so to celebrate um, all that goes into adoption, you know, from the, from, again, from the birth mom perspective, the adoptive family perspective, the child perspective. And so we always try to bring in somebody uh, who has a connection to adoption. Again, this year it's Dave and Jenny Mars. Mm-hmm. It was Tony Dungy. We've had uh, uh, Bart Connor, a local talk, who, you know, We had Scott Hamilton. We've had Leanne Tui from The Blind Side. Different people come in and just, you know, share about how adoption has impacted their life uh, to to our crowd. And, again, just raise a lot of money to support the mission that we do. And maybe more than anything else, it can spark something if you want to adopt or – 
maybe if you just want to help because that more than it, you're always looking for volunteers. You're always looking for you know financial ways to help continue to grow and spread the word of this incredible cause, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I think the main thing we need really right now is word of mouth and just and, and just awareness for uh, women who maybe find themselves in an unexpected pregnancy, you know, that they can find us and, uh, and we can talk to them. Because we're going to talk to them with uh, uh, no pressure, no judgment attitude. You know, if they choose to parent, we're going to provide them with resources and help them uh, get the resources they need to help them uh, the parent the child. And if they, again, if they choose to place a child for adoption, and really if you stop and think about it, Chris, that's an incredibly selfless act uh, from, from a woman to say, Maybe I can't provide for my child right. in the way I want to, and I want to ensure that the uh, you know a, 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 a good option for them. And what a you know, what a selfless act that is, and so we want to make sure we're providing for them, and and you know again providing you know. We've talked. I'm an adoptive dad through Deacus, and so it's great for me to know that uh, you know if our daughter needs help down the road, or if there are questions we can't answer, the you know DPA is going to be there to help out. You know throughout the life of all parties. DPAOK.org. Right there on the website is a link where you can purchase tickets for the gala that's coming up in August. Hold on, I got the date. August 25th. Yeah, thir- Thursday, August 25th. It's a prime time deal. It's at 7 o'clock. You can get your tickets. But also, more than anything, spread the word, right? You've got a pregnancy helpline uh, that is there on the website and that main phone number at 405 949 4200. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, best radio voice of any guest we have. <laughs> Thanks, David. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, bud. Quick break. We'll come back and uh, hit your Air Comfort Solutions text right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Good tune. Good tune. Um, my son's R day is today, so it's oh man, it's been a been an emotional gonna, roller coaster. You, Songs you, like this get me. It's like ugh. you can tear up. It's okay. Oh, it's been a horrible weekend on that front. Nobody, nobody told me. And so I'm from afar. Is his mom is with him, and we're in fact we're planning on going for his A day. But it's um, it's on. This is happening. My, my little man's off. He's there, and it's six o'clock tonight. Boom. He is officially a student at West Point and a member. I believe I. You know, I'm I'm not going to pretend. I reached out to a bunch of people from that went to West Point over the weekend just to better educate myself and they got this parent group that I'm on on Facebook but like every single Facebook group it usually erodes into hey what time is this where can I find this what's going on here gosh it's it's in the thread it says what time right there congratulations Will we're pumped for him we're we're really really pumped for him so let me see here I've got the R day schedule right here in front of me and it looks like unless I just downloaded a virus that um that they are uh, getting things rolling today, right now as we speak. So there you go. What day? What time? Six o'clock tonight is whenever they have the actual ceremony. So sorry, I was trying to be like the people in the Facebook thread. <laughs> you were actually being smart. Six thirty to be exact. You can watch it online. So there you go. They get sworn in, and he is. Oh, that's central. Oh my gosh! Thank goodness I checked. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Congratulations, Perry, the sales guy, Perry Spencer. Colorado Avalanche, we're going to play Guess the Network. You want to do that here? Uh, Let's say for the top five stories of the day. Because I actually have the Stanley Cup at number two because I want to curry favor with Perry. Also, I went through the top five stories today and realized we're going to spend about 30 minutes talking about big story five, three, and one. So we can get through four and two quickly. And plus, I see True is on hold, so we'll get to him uh, to kick off our number three. 
We're like backloaded here on the program today. Thanks to David Quirk for joining us. Uh, I I love talking to David and with everything that they do with deaconess pregnancy and adoption. I, I understand where the climate is right now, and I understand what's happened over the last few days. Trust me, my Facebook feed and now my Twitter feed has reminded me every second of the day. But I mean, here is a great resource in in deaconcy, pregnancy, and adoption. That's there for you at dpaok.org. And for the love of adoption, looks like it's going to be a great event coming up in August. Yeah, there for you, but, I mean, more importantly, right, there to provide great homes. That's right. Uh, One quick uh, tweet text, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. And in all of our hemming and hawing and frustration over a play at first base or – a pitcher being pulled out of a game early or a couple of errors. I think this is the the best point that's been brought up, and I think you and I have alluded to it earlier. From the 918, not going to win many college games scoring three runs or less. That's right. I mean, that was one of the first, first comments we, we made said. this morning is when you're one through four in the batting order, what did we do the math on it? Two of 24 or something? Yeah. Yeah. Two hits, and one of those hits was a leadoff hit by Treadaway on Sunday. Now it's just. Whenever that had been a group that was just balling out. I know. And it's it stinks that it came to a close right here, right now in the championship final after they'd been so good. All right. The Newcastle Casino top five stories today are coming up next. But I see True Sooner on hold. So we'll give him that prime real estate right after the top of the hour on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line 405 329